0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Green and Black Podcast. I am senior sports writer at Kaleo, Tanner Hayworth, joined by my great, great, great co-host and sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, how's it going this week?
1: It's it's going terrible. To- <laughs> what's with the I, I like the superlatives. I mean, they're just getting better and better. <laughs>
0: yeah, this time I just I just said one word and uh, and cubed yeah, it.
1: Kept it simple.
0: Yeah, but did I? I didn't cube it. I multiplied it by three. There's a big difference. <laughs> unless yeah. unless great equals one, then cubing it, and well, actually no, cubing it would keep it at one.
1: I don't know how you assess the ratings, but you know what? It, it, I like it. <laughs> so it <we'll> was. <see. laughs>
0: That's great, and what wasn't so great. Well, Saturday's game against Fresno State. And I think it's a matchup that a lot of people had high expectations for. Hawaii was coming off basically another one-possession loss. So I guess people had the expectations that this game would be a little bit closer than what the actual score was. Um, I would have to keep it real in saying I very much expected a score like that. Because when you look at a Fresno State, that is a team that, when healthy, they are one of the best. Te- they are the best team in the Mountain West, when their offense is clicking like that.
1: That's fair, and plus, it was like the J.K. Revenge game. And, yeah, yeah, and we, we said this last week. This man is either dropping fifty or throwing five interceptions, and he dropped fifty five on a, yeah. a Hawaii, or probably forty eight because you count Cam Walkridge's interceptions sure. in the first quarter. And yeah, I I kind of thought it'd be. It, I didn't think maybe Hawaii wouldn't. Get the win necessarily, but I thought they'd be competing like they did a little bit more. I didn't think because let's be, it was like a fifty-five to nothing game for like fifty-six minutes, or yeah. not fifty-six minutes, but Hoyden not score for fifty-six minutes. I guess right, and it was. I feel like the score, it could have been a lot worse. Yes, <laughs> surprisingly, and you know, so they did make bad beats. I have to say on Sports Center, that was like the, Shout out. the first video that or the first video clip that made it onto the segment.
0: And I think when you look at Hawaii's performance, it's definitely something that it's hard to find positives from a big shellacking like that one. But I think what I saw from this game was even though we struggled offensively, I think it's clear that Braden is getting a little more comfortable in some play calling and a little more comfortable in his own play. We saw a couple of designed runs for him on the pitch option, which I was a fan of until the second quarter when they like, did it one more time. And just like, okay, guys, come on. Um, <laughs> it, but... was,
1: it was fun until he got destroyed by Evan Williams. Yeah, but he
0: did hold on to the ball. He got right back up. So, you know, huge commends to Braden for that. And apart from the one interception, which you can kind of put on both parties, in my opinion, I think Braden had the right idea of wanting to get Tama Toa Mokyo Atimalaba to the outside, Tama kind of stayed on his own route where I think a lot of people do believe that if that is kind of like a run-and-shoot hitch, you try to lean a little more to the outside. And unfortunately, the ball just came out the wrong way out of Braden's hands and went straight into Cam Lockridge's for a pick six. So I think that's something that you got to focus on Is that there does seem to be a lot of points in a lot of these games where Braden will make the right choice, but the ball just tends to sail out of his hand, and I don't know if that's just because he's trying to get it out quicker because of pressure, or if he just is trying to get a little more zip to the ball. But I think that's something that maybe Shu and Timmy are probably looking at over the week.
1: I think that's it's kind of like when he's rolling out, right? When he's running, when he's making running throws or throws on the run. I think that's something that they were working on um, during practices this week, or the ones that we saw, they were trying to work on him rolling out, throwing it out, throwing it out to the sideline, and we'll see how it turns out. It wasn't exactly like a great thing, necessarily, to see this week. No. but
0: And probably the biggest positive we can take away from this is uh, another great day for Tylen Hines, as he what, he led both receiving and rushing.
1: Yeah, so I believe he had, I think, 11, 11 carries for 79 yards, and then he had, like you said, he led the team in receptions with four and for 48 yards, and it, it's good to see him getting going. I think he got a little more reps because Dietrich Parson had a ankle. ankle. Did he play? I, I,
0: he played afterwards. He played
1: afterwards, yeah. but it was kind of a stalemate, I think, because this offense, I, it kind of struggled because when you look at the stat sheet, it's like Tylen Hines, okay, he has, like, 110 total yards of all purpose or whatever, and then the second is Braden Shager with his 49 rushing yards. And that's maybe not the best thing to have, especially in a, like a, like you I don't want to call it a run-and-shoot offense, because it's not nearly
0: It's more just like an offense with run-and-shoot. It's
1: just like, yeah, it's just more like like a pretty balanced spread offense with run-and-shoot concepts, I guess. So, but, I mean, I, I didn't think that was, I didn't really like that Braden is number two in all-purpose yards, especially when you have guys like Diedrich and, you know.
0: Well, I think another issue is that, you know, the wide receivers aren't really catching balls. No. Like, there are passes where, yeah, Braden does sail them. But there are instances where the ball does get into the receivers and they just drop them. I think Zion and Dior both had some drops, you know. And I think Dior had a pretty bad one, which I think he'll probably say it to you too, where it just hits him on the pads, and he's trying to catch it with his pads instead of you know is, putting his hands out there. Is
1: that the one that he had the he had, he had a defender body on him too? Is yeah, that the one you're talking about? I think so.
0: So I think yeah, you could probably say Well, well he had a defender draped all over him. I think if it hits you, I th- yeah, the if pads. It, I think that's gonna should, be one he wants. That back, should right? be one that you can corral in. So and it's been an issue that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks where you know. The receivers aren't necessarily performing into the level that you want them to. And fortunately for them, they do see a little bit of revitalization with a lot of guys coming back and coming in. You have Jonah Pinoke coming back from his collarbone, which we all thought he was done for the year the week that it was announced. I,
1: I think we <laughs> we kind of had the idea that it'd be like, okay, maybe he's done for the year. Maybe he'll push it back because he wants to be back for Zanjose State or right. that sort of thing. I don't think any of us thought he'd be back with three games left in the season.
0: So, you know, awesome for him. And he's apparently been like a sideline warrior, according to Timmy Chang.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, he's pretty much been... I think he traveled with the team to Fresno because they didn't have enough bodies last week. So he just made the roster. and I think that was... I don't know what Timmy said on Call the Coach, but when he was talking to the media on Tuesday, that is what he, he... He talked about Jonah's, you know, his presence... Even though he's injured, I think Malik Hausman also referred to it where this like like, hey, this guy's got three kids and you know he he could be doing stuff with them instead, but he's
0: I do gotta say that's probably one of my favorite follows on Instagram. I do follow Jonah Panoke, mostly because I mm-hmm. at ESPN Honolulu after uh, last year, I have been kind of the uh, sleuth on the Instagram stories to make sure that we all are as updated as we possibly can be especially after what happened a bunch of times last year. Cause I think Jonah was the one on his own story where he put out that no one actually wanted to play the Hoi bowl because there was the COVID issues. And that's how that initially got out. <laughs> and I was like, um, Josh, you got to see this. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it felt like I was in a movie where it's just like, um, you're going to want to see this. I mean, when you, <laughs> when, when the, like, the, the story we I don't, but I don't follow him for that I follow <laughs> I do like obviously yeah I follow him to you know to keep up, up the yeah, yeah. but he has a lot of really fun times you know he's like posting about his kids about his you know family about you know gas prices which you know if he's filling at Chevron I think you know or texaco texacron texaco it Te- it's texaco it used to be chevron yeah never forget <laughs> but if you're filling up a texaco look man i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna critique you for choosing your gas station <laughs> but i think there's better ones out there that you can find for cheaper gas <laughs> especially
1: because he see, he's the one with like the gas guzzling forerunner and... yeah he's
0: got the he's got the lifted <laughs>
1: which isn't which isn't wrong i mean three no. kids you got to have no. like a lot of and
0: it's a very durable car yeah. if we remember was that in summer where he got into a crash right outside St. Louis or something like that was it him? I and his car was like totally fine like his tire got like effed up but other than his tire it seemed to be going well for him
1: <laughs> i think but at that point you you could just invest in like a costco membership for like 60 bucks a year true right?
0: yeah true but there's no costco in manoa
1: no, but you could always go out to... I don't but you know. have to go what?
0: Huaycai? You have to go downtown? No, you
1: have to go to Evile for gas. Yeah,
0: Evile. So, And that's not fun.
1: It's not fun, I but... Dri- I
0: drive by it because I like to go to a poke place near there. And then whenever I drive by that line, because it's also next to the DMV. So you get to figure out what line you're in when you're waiting in your car. At, at some point, you're like, wait a second, this is a DMV line? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know what the deal is. We should get back on that tangent, actually. (laughs) I'm like... What are we talking about? Oh, yeah,
0: Jonah. Jonah. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think he's a great leader to have back. When, you know, back when we were struggling on offense to even pass the ball, he seemed to be the only guy that was getting a lot of production, you know, from Joey Ellen. Um, And I think it was it the Duquesne game where he went down?
1: I think that was the last game he's listed he played in. Yeah, so...
0: I think it's going to be a really great... Because this is, what, the first time since, like, the first couple snaps of the season where we see Zion Bowens, uh, Jonah Yeah, Panetta pretty much since...
1: And it's almost, like, over two months, right? So, <laughs> I mean... And,
0: and then, apart from them, we also see, you know, last week, we saw a little bit of him at the very end. Steven Fiso's back. We get a little bit of Alex Perry, the 6'5 freshman, who looks even bigger on TV. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And he was what catching screens and just taking them for like ten yards. I when I for those like quick little snaps we saw in those last two drives, I'm already way excited for Alex Perry for not only the next three games, but you know, fingers crossed for the next couple of years.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we, it'll be fun. I mean, because we we saw Tomatola, Moki, Altimalala. He's been getting a little more reps actually these Finally last. Finally,
0: caught his first collegiate first touchdown,
1: touchdown three years with the program. Yeah, and. He's been getting a lot more, I guess, reps in that slot role. I think he has three receptions in each of the last three games, right. last I checked. And, you know, I think Kowali guy is going to play about a couple more games before they redshirt him. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of young wide receivers. I mean, Nick Seneca, we keep forgetting to talk about him. Seneca's great, man. He's great, yeah. So there, there's a lot of, I think, young talent that this wide receiver room has, and they just – or. They just need to get experience almost. You're almost setting up for next
0: year. I mean, like when you think about next year and you think about the three, you know, freshmen that came in this year who are either going to be red shirts or sophomores next year, you get Senegal, you get Chucky Hines, you get Alex Perry. Those three guys right there by themselves are three big speedsters. I mean, well, Alex Perry's a big, big speedster. Chucky <laughs> Hines is what, six?
1: I think he's 6'3", though, so it's, it's not like he's like a.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> Nick Seneca's is about six three two. So it's so a good it's pick like, your yeah. poison, and, you know, it's going to be sad to see some of these guys go like, you know, Zion, but guess what? Jonah is still listed as a junior.
1: he is. I think he is one more year after, one or two more years after this. So,
0: so we're gonna get another year, of Jonah Pinoke, unless he, you know, decides to focus on his family, or maybe he'll pull a Tom Brady or something. Who knows? <laughs> he'll, I, 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 or I, he'll, I, he'll pull focusing on his family. Then about a month, i well, I can go back. For the
1: sake of his family, I really hope that doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited for those guys. I think another position group that's excited to see a couple of guys back as that offensive line group where it you know I don't know how if it's going to be this game but I did see in the paper from Steven that they are going to see the return of both Stefan Bernal and Aliki Tonovasa
1: I didn't realize that Stefan I thought it kind of sounded like he was going to be like done for the year that's but, what I had thought but too. he he has been he was practicing
0: so so whenever we think someone's out for the year just think oh they'll be back for last three last
1: games. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I don't know. I think I think to them I think Stefan is just a depth piece because they I think Timmy was like they're only Plan gonna around.
0: play. But the but the thing is we need depth. Yeah. I
1: think I think Stefan is just your guy. He's just gonna be like your depth piece. I think you're gonna put Sergio in at left guard, maybe put Aliki back in um at center because you put Stefan in at left guard, but then you can like play solo one more game, I guess. Yeah before he can, before you redshirt him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be good for them to see the return a little bit there. So there's a lot of injuries that we're dealing with that we've dealt with. We're going to be a little bit more healthier than we've been for a long time. I think
1: this might be the healthiest this team has been on both sides of the ball. Because I think Pei is coming back after missing four True. games with the turf toe. Um, so there's just got to be somebody. I think we're forgetting somebody else.
0: I, I- remember those four names specifically with Pinoke Pei, Vasa and Bernal went. I'm just
1: remembering what Steven said. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> thanks, thanks like... Steven, for always
0: being great. Um, and then I guess monitoring Diedrich for the last three games, but I think I feel very comfortable with Tylan You know, being out there, you know, as a primary back in case if Diedrich has to sit out a couple of reps. But with having them both out there and both performing as well as they've done this year. It does make me excited next year for this running back group because you do see Talon Hines returning, and you know because he's only a true freshman this year, so he'll be a true so, so sophomore next year. You get Najee Bryant, lillet maybe if he stays. You got I think
1: he's got one more year if you yeah. Year.
0: So and he's a big guy, and he's the reps that he's gotten. I've been very happy with you know that fourth down conversion that didn't go his way. He was really close. Um, so I do, I do like Najee a lot and I've, we, we also do have a guy waiting in the wings that yeah, I'm very, it's Derek Boyd, With Derek Boyd. So I hate to say the exact same thing, same, same, same thing like 20 times in a row, but with this team, especially now that we're three games left in the year, I'm looking forward to the future and I'm definitely looking forward to what a lot of people like to call the off season, but you know. There is no off season in college football.
1: That's true. The, the the one thing that I think the message has been we've heard we've heard from the players that have been available to talk this week is, yes, you want to set up for the future, but you also want to make sure that you keep your you, you set a good send st- off for your seniors. yeah send off for your seniors like Panay Blessman <laughs> every
0: single defensive starter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Pretty much because you have what and Elm, your offensive Elm, like a Vanderpool, probably Austin Hop like Tanivasa. Tanavasa. Uh, probably Stefan too. So it's like... pretty Tupou. Tui Tupou, Blessman. Panay. I said again. Um, Hugh? Maybe Hugh. I don't know about Verdell, too. Lenny? I think Lenny's got one more year. If he wants to choose. This is
0: like... It's a, it's a question mark. It's senior? Like, <laughs> it's
1: like, the only ones I know for sure that have one more year after are Isaiah Tufanga and Logan Taylor. Right. And...
0: Because we've been explicitly told, yeah. <laughs> like we we, we had to ask. It's like,
1: do you, you guys have one more year left, or? How <laughs> does this like, work? Yeah, it was like because you look at them. You you doing the math? I was like, okay. But these are
0: guys that you know, I think as Hoy football fans, we just have to be gracious, especially to that offensive line because they made the decision to stay. Yeah. It, with guys like Penne, um, Blessman, Elm, Aliki, Micah. They all made that decision to stay for another year, because I mean we we heard it from the offensive line group this off, as of course I say it, this off season when there is no off season called football, <laughs> uh, this summer or this spring where they came together and made the decision to not transfer because they wanted to make sure that this year wouldn't be an all timer you know all time worst team. I think
1: they they probably save this team I think because Let's,
0: they've been one of the more dependable position groups I think all year
1: yeah I mean because I mean they've, they've done their jobs I feel like I think this would have been a lot worse if they were like four freshmen and uh, like maybe like a one junior on the roster right. as you're starting a lot a line especially when I don't I don't want to be like rude or anything but Joey Yellen had like zero mobility and yeah that probably would have gone really bad had it not been for Elm no Micah Leakey Stefan Austin Hopp you know everybody
0: that entire offensive line yeah pretty much so we're basically what we're saying is there's going to be a big youth movement next <laughs> year. um and you know y- prayers up hopefully we get some big boys in the transfer portal or some big juco boys because i know uh timmy from last night's call to coach is heavily emphasizing both lines in this year's recruiting plan
1: I just say, though, shout-out to Ezra Avimala. Yeah, like, Ezra. He had the, yeah, I think he had the lone sack on Saturday, and he's probably going to be, like, that anchor for that defensive line. He's
0: really improved a lot. He went from a guy that you see in the depth chart. You're like, oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> what a cool name. <laughs> and he's gone to, like, a solid role player in this defense where he can come down, come in on pass rushing situations and, you know, hold his own for what he can, you know?
1: Was he the, I, I I can't remember if he was the one I was like looking at the two deep and I was like, I'm kind of laughing because he's like 6'2", 240 and he's listed as like a three tech defensive tackle. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's see how this turns out. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Is he going against Solo or
0: something? <laughs> or... <laughs> uh, but I think when it comes to the rest of these games, it's going to be looking on to the future. I hope we win. I think this is a winnable, it's a winnable game. Utah State is not the Utah State of last year. They lose basic, They lose Devin Tompkins, who was one of the best offensive players in the group of five last year. Logan Bonner, their senior quarterback, went down with a broken foot, and he already wasn't doing that well before then. And I think Utah State is the only program in the nation that started four different quarterbacks this year.
1: Really? Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, because last year's team was pretty much just like a – Implant of Arkansas State transfers going to, with Blake Anderson there. And, right. You know this this year they ha, they haven't been that great. I think they've like you said four different quarterbacks and they lead the. I think they're like second to last or dead last in most interceptions. They're, wait, they've they thrown a lot of interceptions. Basically, they have thrown fourteen on the year and it's.
0: And it's not to say that I'm discrediting uh, Cooper Lagasse. I think Lagasse is a is a good quarterback. Last year's bowl game when Bonner didn't play, Lagos balled out. Oh, yeah. And he's held his own for for what he's done this year. I think last week he was, you know, even though I wouldn't say the comeback was on the Utah State's offense initially, they held up enough that they could beat New Mexico last week. And so now you get them coming back after a tough, tough, tough win. I believe they come in tonight. And they should have that entire Friday to, you know, get a little bit settled. And I'm excited for this game. It's going to be a military appreciation night on Saturday. There's going to be a flyover. Maybe we get... The cool uniforms. I don't know. I don't think you probably so. probably won't because probably this is the year that it is. Um, <laughs> but we we just got the name plates, guys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> be be gracious. We just put nameplates on our home jerseys, okay? <laughs> and yeah, if there's anything, I do want to have a quick shout out to my classmate from my alma mater, Hale Motupuaka, the defensive lineman on Utah State. The only, I I don't know how accurate this is, but he is the only, uh, like, junior, teen, and, like, adult National Fire Knife Champion. He's the only person ever to win all three, apparently. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, fun fact. He's awesome. What's, for our, uh... At Punahou, we have our homecoming event, Flaming P, where we get a large letter P and we wrap it in uh, cloth, douse it with lighter fluid, and then light it on fire. It's a lot cooler in person, <laughs> <laughs> but for the at least the four years that you know, that I was at that I was uh, in the high school, Holly basically did the fire dance right before that every single time, and it's as good as if you went to like a. Uh, Polynesian Cultural Center. Yeah. It's probably better because, you know, we got a national champ. (laughs) And speaking (laughs) of national champions, I think this is a good transition to talk about yesterday, national letter of intent day, not to be confused with NIL Day. Oh my gosh. This is NLI Day. Where the University of Hawaii did nab a couple of good signees across a couple of sports. Most notably the men's volleyball team signing three Moana Lua uh, Na menehune.
1: Yeah, so I think they signed Kai Rodriguez, Justin Todd, and Zach Ucha from Moana, Lua. and they also just signed somebody else, I think. But like, I can't. That <laughs> yeah, just happened right now. No, I don't know. So like, I'm i like, like uh, the very of like the very few Instagram accounts I follow. I follow Tiff Wells, <laughs> and you know how like he has like the story updates. So yeah. like. I think he signed the letter of intent, for, or, or Ryan Sears signed the letter of intent as well. I have no idea who that is yet. but Oh, I
0: think I know who that... I remember... That sounds really familiar. I think he was... Oh, this is uh, leaving my mind right now. Because I do remember that name.
1: So I think he was one yeah, of the... Yeah,
0: Ryan Sears, he was selected to the 25 underclassmen to watch list. You know, alongside... Kai Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean there are there are a couple I think. So they they were the three or the four guys that signed for men's volleyball. I think there were a couple for softball. The one that everybody keeps headline highlighting is Maddox Marumoto because she is the granddaughter of Les Murakami. Um, she's a I think all-state shortstop or utility player from Kalani, which by the way is good to keep local talent here. And there are a couple of others Sports that signed, I think, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball signed um, Stella Adeyemi from the out of Nebraska. I think she's a 5'10 pin hitter. And they signed another pin hitter, um, Tali Hawkins from Israel. That's another, I think, 5'10, 5'11 outside hitter. I'm not really good with the metric system. <laughs> I looked it up. It about She's 179 centimeters. And I think that's about 5'10, 5'11. Probably. Um, but yeah, if she's a
0: setter, then I'm going to assume probably on the I, short side. <laughs> it says
1: she, I, she's listed as a pin hitter, so we'll see. Oh, pin hitter. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, to I'm be serious. honest, we, <laughs> I, I mean it's just one of those like nose and it's like because like it, at this point, I feel like in this day and age, you don't really need a really like tall no. pin hitter, especially we've seen. With, of
0: course, I've also come in late with this joke because I was I did think about this yesterday, but of course, Tully Hockis, not to be confused with Hawkes, <laughs> Uh Spiros Hawkus Yeah. There is no C for Tali. <laughs> Tali is just straight up an H. So if you do see the the Greek and and uh, Tali together, they are not related, just very similar last names.
1: Yeah, and I think you saw that the Rainbow Haney basketball team, they signed Brooke Morrell?
0: Yes, officially.
1: Officially. She had
0: verbally committed a couple months ago. So, I do remember that.
1: So I think she's like a 6'2 forward from Denver. We'll see how that turns out. I think.
0: The Denver pipeline is strong.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's already a six Amani Perez is yeah. Colorado so and then she had a really good game against Portland. We can get into that later, but and then we saw Rainbow Warrior baseball signed like I don't know how many guys they signed.
0: I don't know who's committed. This is an issue. Yeah, okay. I will say this with baseball. I will say people commit very very far away from their graduation. <laughs> like we have what's his name from um Yolani. What's his oh, name? Oh,
1: Monolaw Kong.
0: Yeah, when he announced his commitment, I was like, "Oh, cool." I'm like, I don't remember him being. I like remember him just being in the little league world. Series. I'm like, I can't be that old yet. And he's and like, luckily, tw- he's I'm like not, a
1: 2025 20, recruit. Or yeah, something. I'm like,
0: I'm not that old yet. But so yeah. I was they're, like, damn, yeah, bro, chill. You got a couple more years.
1: <laughs> no, but there are there are a couple. So from what we can tell, because I basically just looked at what Dan Cox and Matthew Troop liked on Twitter. Shout out. <laughs> so, um, so I think Zach Olson from. Muskego, Wisconsin, he's like a 6'3", I don't know if he's a pitcher or or like outfielder or something. I hate, perf- perfect game is like super confusing, but he, he did sign with Hawaii. Um, he also signed the summer ball contract with a very familiar team, apparently, the the Alton River Dragons of yes. the Prospect League. I just saw that too, so, you know, Scotty Scott is there. Scotty
0: Scott knows what's up.
1: Yeah, so he signed with them. Um, Hunter Gottschall from C- C- Peyton, Colorado, I think he's a six-foot right-handed pitcher. Cool. Um Isaiah Magdaleno from North Hills, California, either a six three pitcher or a catcher. I really don't know. It's it's like
0: so confusing. You never he could be catching his own pitches. <laughs>
1: you have him you have him that'd be like the most rich hill thing to have him throw like three pitches to a batter and then have him switch back to behind the plate. <laughs> How to make a four hour game turn into five. <laughs> and then um, Kevin Ferguson I think he's a six four corner infielder, maybe some outfield as well. Um, also listed as a secondary position was a pitcher, so I don't really don't know. And then the last everyone's
0: one, secondary position is pitcher these days.
1: And then the last one I did everyone s- wants to play MLB this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the
1: last one I did see, the one I do know, because he is a junior college signee, I believe, is from Pima Community College, is Hunter Fulito, he's a Mililani graduate. Awesome. 5'10", 175 catcher, so we'll see. I think that's another small catcher that apparently is a Hawaii thing. I guess we just sign really small small sized catchers who turn out to be really good actually, so who knows. But those are the ones that I've found for N L I. There's probably a lot more that we've missed. I think there was one for Kamehameha.
0: There's an entire list on KHON two. Shout out Christian Chimabuku for putting that out because I have no idea how you would where you would go to make that database. So
1: <laughs> It's a I think it's the one, I know there
0: was that big event at the Blaze. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So they sent out a press release because I I don't want to say it but I still have access to the star advertiser account I have. So I still get the emails and everything. Hush, hush. Hush, yeah.
0: That's of course a- we know Stephen and Dave probably and and um, and Curtis probably listen to this every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but no, I think Curtis knows anyway.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was I, reading this. Yeah, I
1: still, I still get. So that's why I kind of knew about, um, you know, Kai Rodriguez, Justin Todd, Zach yeah. Uchuk, and um, Maddox Marmona because they were on the list. There were a lot of other ones. I think Nolan Sousa signed with Arkansas. Um,
0: well, he signed with Arkansas like as a freshman at Conneho. Yeah, Okunaho,
1: so. and then so he officially they signed
0: was, him when he was like 5, 10, 170.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple I I didn't. I did see the ones that really stood out to me was just because I, I covered their matches when they were doing Manoa Cup stuff was right. Kara Kaneshiro and Ryan because from Punahou. Um is actually from Kalani, by the way. She signed with Colorado State as a golfer. Um Nakao signed with like Oregon State as a golfer, which is really cool. And I,
0: I think though, probably one of the biggest signees out of the state of Hawaii so far is probably the signing of um of Nellie McEnroe Marinas. Was that the, From Marinal, the number six, who was according Oc- to Christian Shimabuku, number six player in the nation, according to Extra Innings Softball, who signed with Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, so so
0: Oklahoma is making sure to keep uh, the Hawaii pipeline strong after Jocelyn Allo graduates. Basically, just doing some Babe Ruth activities <laughs> up there in Norman. So hopefully, you know, as she goes on, what what was the um. What was the hitter after Jocelyn, who's also basically just as good as Jocelyn?
1: Was it, like, Chantel Jennings or something?
0: I can't remember her name, but, like... I,
1: ju- I just made that up. <laughs> I have no idea.
0: I can't remember her name. I just remember her being basically just as good, but, you know, Nellie mean- is going to go up there to, you know, continue this really strong line of, you know, booming some... Balls for the Sooners.
1: Yeah, you got to keep that uh that Hawaii, the state of Hawaii, very interested in OU softball, I guess. And it's also like a
0: big, you know, shout out to a lot of the schools that you don't necessarily think out when you think about like big power, you know, generating big powerhouses because you know, with Nelly she comes, she's coming out of Marinol, and if you're not like a big, um, high school sports watcher, you probably think of Marinol as. Basketball, and As, or that school across the street from Punahou, <laughs> or if you're from Punahou, but, you think, "Oh, that's where all of our suspended kids go." <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, but no, I think I'm not th- saying it's true. I'm just saying it's <laughs> weird how that happens a lot. But
1: you're you're <laughs> right though, because we not a lot of people. I, I feel like not all people are aware. I think Marinol just won the state title in softball, right? Yeah, Marinol
0: is a very it's a very good school in certain sports.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's not like It's like just sleeping and everything, but I think. The one thing we had to talk about was like, the Colorado Pipeline. We talked about Imani Perez. She had a really good game, I think, against Portland State. Or not Portland State, Portland. Or she had a decent one, I guess, in that, um, let's see, what was it? 70-54 to loss on Wednesday. I mean, that that was probably like, uh, because it's like, I think UH had like 20 turnovers in that game. Phillips I think had... it's
0: a bad game. And if you ask Laura, Coach Laura Beeman about the game, she's going to tell you it was bad. Yeah. But in my brain, I'm thinking, well, it wasn't as bad as last year's game. <laughs> <laughs> because I always think like that. Where I'm like, well, it could have been worse.
1: Was that the one that like Amy Atwell still scored like 30 points against yeah, them? Yeah, but this... that was
0: like 94-77. to 77. So seeing this game not, you know, jumping out of the 60s, at least for Portland, I feel good about that because I do feel like our defense this year has been very good to solid. You know, it's been from basically average to very good. We have our moments where I think there are just some brain lapses that happen. And if you're looking at this team, I think the one issue you see immediately is rebounding. Mm. Because even though we have points where we, I know for the Oregon State game, we started out with both Nena and Callan, both out there. I think there's something that we just have that needs to just be more instilled in having some more aggressive rebounding from are the uh, Wahine down low.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's just they're just toying. I, that's the good thing about non-conference is that you get to toy with your lineups a little bit. Cuz in the end what it's when it's conference play that matters. <laughs> it's conference play that matters pretty much. Like
0: that ver- that surprised me a lot <laughs> how you said that, I <laughs> yeah. <guess>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, I think I think this Rainbow Wahine team will get, eventually get it together. I mean, this is a team that I think a lot of people there, I think a lot of people who know women's bat or rainbow in basketball, there's a lot of freshmen that they're high on. We talked about yeah. Amani Perez. I think Avery Watkins is another one who will probably be big over the next, hopefully, the next three weeks or four. And two I'm, newcomers
0: zero. getting massive minutes in Lily and Jovi. Yeah, so I because Lily's starting and Jovi is is playing a lot of minutes. And
1: you know, I think Jovi's got a lot to live up to after that exhibition. So. Yeah,
0: and I think. If I think about the guards, the one thing that I would think would be an issue would be there's a lot of, especially when you're taking it up the court, just slow it down a little bit. I think you see that with Jovi. You see a little of that with um, with Kel- um, Does Kelsey. Kelsey E-Mai. E-Mai still do that? I was just going to ask. She she did it a little bit, but she where she that's but that's what the great thing about Kelsey Imai is, is that she gets the ball on up court. Especially when there's like a uh, when they're trying to trap or when they're trying to um, No, that that's her thing. That's, that's why, her right? thing. And I she's good at it. There are moments where I'm just like okay, chill. <laughs> <laughs> chill, 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 chill.
1: But that's that's what I guess that's why she's here. She's their pretty much their point making ball handling guard, I guess. Yeah. I mean. And
0: I and she does a really great job at it. I mean, there's a reason why she basically started for a lot of the games last year.
1: Wasn't she the one? She's the one that made Sports Center top ten in high school because she like crossed over somebody, <laughs> and it was like she made, it was like number seven on Sports Center. I was like, okay, cool. But I mean, we could. There, there's... I think I
0: interrupted you when you were talking about Deja Phillips, by the
1: way. Yeah, she. I think she had her career high twenty five points. Right. That, that's the one thing I saw in the press release when they from yesterday, and I think that was one thing. And then you, we talked about Wahina Wahinekaku. I think she had twelve against Oregon State, which I didn't actually see what happened. During that, because everybody talked about how that was like a bad call, I think
0: it was a bad call. Because, look, first of all, I didn't even really see a foul, and I'm not saying, hey, there's a second left in the game, and it's a loose ball, and there are three players and one Oregon State player, and all three players are around the ball, and the Oregon State player is kind of near it. I don't know if you call that, especially when there's, like, one second left in the game. I think you just let it play out. It's like, oh, overtime. I think I saw a comment from an Oregon State fan who was just talking with a UH fan, and they were, like, you know, being very appreciative, and they're like, well, now you guys can understand what we mean when we say Pac-12 refs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of chalk it up to that, you know, as a as a Punahou alum. I do know the bouts of ILH refs, refism. So um, it's it's a rough world out there, but hey, they got a hard job to do. And yeah, I appreciate that they go out and do their job. I just don't appreciate it when they do it wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think we could transition to some of the other sports. I think the the we one- talk about men's
0: basketball and how we're excited for this team. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> we we talked about the same thing the last four weeks. It's like Although this-
0: there is, you know more, there is more to say about this men's basketball team since the last time we talked about them. Yeah,
1: I think a lot has happened. I think right. the main thing everybody's talked about is Juan Munoz is not actually going to play the rest of the year. He's suffered a torn Achilles, which is a bummer because I think that sets, I think it changes the the Raymore Warrior basketball team. because You kind of have to deal with that now because it, it. everybody talks about how big of a piece he was on and off the court, like we saw it against Hilo in that in that win, exhibition win. He was
0: good he was in about balling.
1: he was good in about every single like aspect of the game. You know, he was drilling threes. He was setting up Noel Coleman for threes, um, driving it driving it through to the hoop and scoring. And there were points where he was like good on defense. He jumped, in, he got in the passing wing, jumped the ball. It ended up going out of bounds, but it was a really good show of like his IQ. And he was drawing offensive fouls. I mean, I think his it's gonna be a next man up thing, I
0: think. Yeah, and this is the thing with Hoy basketball, they are very comfortable with that pro- with the prospect of next man up, especially after last year when you saw both him and Samuza go down, you saw HEPA go down and out of conference schedule, you saw Bernardo go down, you saw, go down. Con- you saw Noel go down, you saw Mate go down. So a lot. So Arangana, I think, is comfortable with his team that he is confident about next man up mentality because right now it's for now it's just one um i don't know the um extent of amaro lotto because i know he yeah, I, didn't I play told last he... week due to an injury
1: yeah so i'm not too sure how that turns out but i think ron when he talked to the media um this past week it's kind of like they're not too sure who's gonna i think probably be jovon and maybe justice jackson will split the point guard duties, maybe
0: Do we see Cody Williams? That's
1: another that's (laughs) another option he brought up. I mean it will be interesting. But I think it it's it'll be interesting, I think, because especially with the quick turnaround for this team, Juan Munoz's injury, how does that how does that impact them mentally? Because you could kind of tell the emotions why how that impacted like players like Samuta and, you know, I think Hepa talked about it. Arangenot. He was
0: t- very emotional. Yeah. Um, after the after the exhibition last week,
1: after he did his radio interview, he went down to talk to um, print, and you know it, he was very emotional. He actually actually asked for a napkin because he was, it was it was such a well
0: when because I do the radio, I help with radio when right. he was talking with Gary Dickman in the postgame show, he when Gary had brought up Juan's injury immediately you could tell that some like when while Iran was talking, like he was slowly getting emotional, he had to stop talking a couple of times and he had to collect himself. And you could really just see the effect that you know, past being a basketball player, how like the effect that Juan Munoz has on this team. Oh, he no is a question. leader. He is a guy that obviously that Aron believes in. Well past just being. Oh yeah, you're my starting point guard, and I believe you can. You know, get the get the shot up there, get the pass up there. As a young man, he believes in him. I think, he... and I think that's just devastating to see, especially when you have the expectations built on you of, you know, coming back. You're looking so great in the off season. Everything's working out for you, and then right before it can all restart for you, it instantly just gets taken away again. And that's just devastating.
1: Yeah, I think Iran not called Juan Munoz probably the, the most inspirational person he's seen in his life. And I think that just speaks volumes to Juan, to Juan Munoz's impact. I mean, we, we've we heard how close he is with Samuza Vea. That's kind of, you know, that's another thing that was, like, really emotional for him. And I think, I don't know how this team will handle handle it this week. I mean, they're going to play, th- what, three games in four days?
0: With Mississippi Valley, Yale, and Eastern Washington? Yeah,
1: and we'll see how it turns out, because if we get back to the basketball point of it, I guess, is they had, they shot, like, what, like eight threes or something? Or not not eight threes, like 13 threes in the exhibition, and Arangana was like, we do not live and die by the three. That's right. not something we want to do, and they were not happy with their defensive performance, I guess. There were a lot of offensive rebounds that they gave up to Hilo, and I think there's Things are gonna have to change. I think.
0: I think when you look at this lineup now, moving forward, I feel very comfortable in Coleman being kind of a starting guard out there as a combo guard, whether or not he's um, walking up with the ball or handle or getting it off. Um, You know, if Jovan can, you know, take a page from Juan Munoz and gets a little more aggressive going into the paint, I think that'll be great for him if he can do that. And I'd feel a little bit more confident with uh, Jovan being out there as a starting point guard because he's a good leader, he's a good passer, and I think he's a great facilitator for that offense. My issue with him is just that I just want him to <laughs> score a little more. I want him to drive into the paint to try to suck some guys in. Because even though he is short, I think that is you know probably his biggest weakness is just because he is just not the tallest guy out there, but... He's got to put himself in a situation where he can either score or draw someone off another guy so he can pass it out because there are a lot of really great uh, shot creators that we have on this team and are really great catch-and-shoot guys, you know, like Coleman. Samuta has a shot. Komaka has a shot.
1: I think we – I mean, we talk about it. I think – I like Coleman when he's in, like, your two guard or something because yeah. he can just shoot the ball whenever he wants. And right. You, You're right. You can do Jovan McClan – you can just do Jovan, maybe put Justice Jackson, have them put Tune or whatever. Right. And I think the other thing we have to talk about is um, how versatile when you, you they can be Hawaii can be with their front court because you can put Kamaka on the perimeter, you can put him inside. Um, you know, Samuta was another ball um, guy who's taking the ball at the court, so that's another um, ball handling option. Zoar Ned got his start on. And
0: you can get big with this lineup too, still. Yeah. Because you still have on the bench coming out, you still got Ryan Rapp who coming out of Washington State. Can play that one through three. Yeah. And pass the ball and shoot the three. So he's shown that he can do that. I think he made a three in the exhibition, didn't he? <sighs> I can't remember.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I was there and I still don't remember. But
0: it. he was out there. You have Henry Ruyadev from Australia, yeah. who, if he develops well, maybe you can put him out at the fourth. He's probably or like the, a, yeah. or, you know.
1: He's probably your stretch four.
0: Yeah. And then you have, you could make a. Mega lineup with, you know, Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> you can do the ultra big lineup if you really want to. It's like that one bubble game that Denver had where they put all their centers out there. <laughs> you could do, like, the, Bernard, the, the Bernardo, Secmore, Ruyadev, Kamaka, and Samuto. Did I say four or five names? Right? I don't know,
1: but you could just do something where it's like, yeah, Samuto's your one, Kamaka's your two. <laughs> you got Harry at three, and then you put, like, like um... Secmore and Bernardo. Yeah, Bernardo at four or five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope Iran's listening to this. We have some really great ideas for your team. <laughs> if you have a little trouble rebounding, try this lineup. <laughs>
1: yeah, that means, I mean, I mean,
0: we were going against a team that lost by fifty. What the other way? The other
1: can, day. We cannot compare Hawaii to Baylor, though. let let what's? No, we
0: can't. <laughs> the only and are... they so after but they got they they just got finished getting beat up on, and now they got to fly to Hawaii. I think a little bit to that you gotta take into account that even though yeah Jerry Rice did graduate from there, he's not there. And I don't really know any names coming off of Mississippi Valley. No disrespect at all, Mississippi Valley. I like your color scheme. It's really nice, very festive. But I'm not worried for this weekend.
1: I think the only thing that the only note that I saw was um their coach that Mississippi Valley State. It's a first year it's a coaching staff in its first year, but I believe they had coaches from Arkansas Pine Bluff, which UH played a couple.
0: Not Arkansas Pine Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so not them again.
1: Yeah, man, so. this
0: guy loves Hawaii. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's another one that I think it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of people are like, this is like a cupcake tournament that Iran is um, scheduled, but I don't I don't think we sleep on any of these teams. I mean, Yale is a team that just made the tournament. The NCAA tournament as the Ivy League qualifier. Yeah,
0: but they're nerds. They're nerds really. This is a nerd team that they go to Ivy League school. How good can athlete be when they go to nerd school?
1: Looks at Jerome DeRosier. <laughs> hey,
0: he went to cool nerd school though. Jabari Trotter. <laughs> they both went to cool nerd schools. I don't see them coming out of Yale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a team that just beat like Sarah Lawrence by like fifty four. I don't know where it's Sarah Lawrence or what school. I think they're like an NAIA school or something. I'll have to double check or something. I don't, they might not be. Yeah, they might actually be Division two or Division three. But don't sleep on Yale when they play on Monday. And I think
0: depending on what time that is, I don't think I will be sleeping. <laughs>
1: you might be boarding that game. I think I am boarding that game. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think there's. One sport we haven't talked about, which is Rainbow Wahine volleyball, we didn't talk about them, right? No, we
0: didn't. Not yet.
1: So they, they're they, doing great. <laughs> they they swept Long Beach State and Cal State Fullerton this past weekend. Um, Kate Lang named setter of the week for the Big West, which is really cool that they've established that um, as a, an award. I guess this is the first year they have the setter of the year setter of the week award. And the, so you're
0: telling me that we're going to be winning setter of the week every week when men's volleyball starts, right? <laughs> That's what that means? It's,
1: I don't know because I think there's a lot of mutual respect between a lot of the setters in the Big West. I think Kate, Kate Lang talked about how she watches film yeah. on a lot of the other Big West setters. And I think it's, it's kind of cool because she has her own style of game. And, and I
0: think there is a difference between saying, like, offensive player, good, defensive player, good think setters play that really cool position of where they can do a little bit of both and also set up a lot of people
1: I, yeah i mean that, that was something that kate, kate lang talked about it was like they can do whatever they, they can set the ball they can do like a dump over on two they might have to play a little back row and like dive for some digs or whatever and i think it, it's a really all-around position for them and <laughs> they're gonna play i think they're already they already traveled i saw um our former editor in chief Amanda was on the flight with them to San Diego, <laughs> so they're gonna play UC San Diego on Friday at five PM.
0: That's always that's that's probably gonna be a lot of fun. That'll that's a, a really fun. great gym.
1: Yeah, and UC, UC, UC San Diego has like that kind of like gritty thing about them, where they'll push Hawaii to like four sets or yeah. something, and it'll be, it'll be fun to see. I think is that at ESPN Honolulu? Yes. I, I think, because I, I believe the Saturday one against UC Irvine is a CBS 1500 yes, because it's a cause rim, of football. Because of football. And it'll be fun to see. We, we, we saw the videos of them in the water. Balloon it flight. might be
0: CBS, actually.
1: CBS. Because
0: I know we're doing uh, men's basketball tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's right. So it might be 1500 for You bowling. could
0: check that on HawaiiAthletics.com. You don't need to call the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to know what channel something is on, you could also always look it up yourself. But the problem is. <laughs>
1: I feel like the issue for that though is that you, you're like your, your audience does not know how to use the internet. Yeah, but
0: then they'll call me and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what their provider is. <laughs> I think what the uh, on a tangent, I remember a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what game this was. It was the Colorado State game, and the guy was asking me, "Oh, what game is? He, what, what channel is this on?" And I'm like, "It's on Spectrum Sports Pay Per View." And I hear him go in the background, just go. Hey, I told you told you he's not on TV and I just hang up he calls me back 30 minutes ago 30 minutes later and I it's the exact same like interaction like word for word like bro what's the channel like, on I'm like bro it's not it's it's on Spectrum Sports but it's pay-per-view that's always fun to also say to people and then get their reactions to <laughs> to <that> statement. <laughs> But yeah, I. But if you you know aren't a radio person, it will pro- both will probably be on ESPN Plus. Yeah, I as all games are when they're not on the islands.
1: Yeah, so I think UC UC San Diego has some kind of deal with ESPN Plus. That's why. Um, I don't, well, the
0: big well, all games are. On are
1: ESPN they on Plus. Big West? Are they on ESPN? No, because somewhere like they're like weird. We'll put them on like the Davis website or something. Just as an example, but...
0: I've never. The only time I've seen them not on ESPN Plus is when that. Team, that day there's also like another event going on. Yeah. Because I know a couple of weeks ago, I think it was UC Davis Actually, I think it was UC Davis. It was Davis
1: and Riverside. <laughs> yeah, where they
0: had like football games or other events. And soccer going on games at the same too, time. so they had to stream, yeah. So it's like unless that event takes place, it's ESPN plus if you want to watch it.
1: I will say though, this is this is going back to women's volleyball. I didn't know that they're on balloon attack thing. That's an annual thing that they started since Robin Donna <laughs> um, because I, they were talking about it. I love that.
0: That was that, that was funny.
1: That so. was super fun because we we were like we didn't know what was ha- so we were, we didn't know what was happening so like um it was like Rob DeMello, Brian McInnis, and I I are waiting and then we just see Robin like like oh I did, like forgot that we had, she had to do media availability that week. <laughs> so she was like, "Oh shoot." So she was like and she looked like I I don't know if this was because she was, oh, she was like, oh, we, we just didn't want to get you guys whipped, but she looked like she was like a tactician, like paranoid, like looking over her shoulder everywhere, she, and then she's like going going down the elevator, bringing out the coolers and with all the water balloons, and that was fun to see, and it was like super funny because like we st- we see the videos, and then we talked to like Tiffany Westerberg and Kate Lang after, and Kate and um Westerberg was like, I've been here four years, and I like I cannot believe I I got fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> So it was like, it was, it was, it was fun to see, I think. It, it shows a different side of this this team that we maybe don't usually get to see as much.
0: I've, that's what I always love about watching Wahine Volleyball is like even during the games, you see the two sides of Robin You see like the, the tactician, the locked in. She is focused in, and she will get what she wants. And then you see her challenge of play. And then that's when you see kind of the relax happen a little bit or when it's near the end of a winning set. And just, I think just seeing Coach Rob Ramo get excited and get hyped and happy for her team is just always so refreshing to see. That should be a GIF. Yeah. It really should. Be. It's, fun, uh, it's fun. She had this really great one where she just, like, jumps straight up into the air after, like, a big win for a set. and. Uh, there's there's just a lot of these really great GIF situations that Spectrum Sports could you know get into the business of as a you know everything. Well, because they
1: did <laughs> they did one with Rich with, with Rich Hill when he was um he he won a challenge oh. or something right and he was like he was like happy and everything,
0: but or the uh, two Charlie ones. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you're
1: right. No, going back, it's funny because especially when it's like when you when women's volleyball is playing like. Uh, like like they're like losing in set two down already down a set and they end up winning in five, to get to see Robin go from like what are you doing and then then the fifth. Set, or like, like not even
0: talking to her team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because that's when you know she's like really pissed. She just doesn't talk. That
1: to was her. super. Like, the I think there was a the USC one yeah, where they were down like... 2 nothing, And it was like, she was like super mad that second set. And then like the fourth and fifth set, she was like the happiest person you've ever seen.
0: I think that's still one of my favorite games from this year is that reverse. Oh, hands like, down. Like, that was probably down. one of the most fun things Especially to watch. Especially coming off the UCLA game, too.
1: Yeah. Especially knowing how the, the night before, I think, went. Because that was the one where we spent. Media spent like an hour waiting post game, right. and I think it was like m- most of us weren't on deadline. The only thing I person who was on deadline, I think, was Jason Conoshiro <laughs> for the paper. <laughs> right. But we we're all just waiting there. I was like, okay, and we just started talking about. It, <laughs> it was like, okay, we'll just see how this turns out. And but that was probably one of the most weird weekends, I guess, for Rainbow County Volleyball.
0: Right. Well, there was a lot of really great stuff that happened over the campus this week. Um, yeah, I think it's been a really fun week this weekend. There's a lot going on on campus. Like we said, there is Wahine. <laughs> what is it going on this weekend? Because there's the Rainbow Classic going on. There's Hawaii football going on. There's Wahine volleyball going on as well. And Wahine uh, basketball is returning from their uh, away trip. So
1: Yeah, I, th- th- I think the one thing that will – this will be a very busy week, though Don- – <clears throat> excuse me, the only, reason, the only one that I think is going to be crazier is next week <laughs> because <laughs> I just realized that not only are women's volleyball having their senior festivities at home, women's basketball is playing a tournament before those games and then you have football senior Which night is on,
0: the UNLV game too. on
1: Saturday and then it just so happens that men's basketball is also playing up in, like, EA against Hawaii Pacific. So it's, like, someone is probably one of the media members is going to have burnout, like, for real.
0: Shout-out to Josh Pacheco. (laughs) Uh, If there's one guy that is probably dreading next week, it is probably our good old uh, program Program director director. at ESPN Honolulu because he is the men's voice for this weekend. He also has to do, you know, shows. (laughs) He also has, you know, all of his other responsibilities Oh yeah, and he also does the pregame show for football. So you know, good luck and shout out I wanna to see Josh. how that
1: turns out because I think I, I'm told I might Oh, well, but
0: that's just the HPU game though next week, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So you think it's Then the next
0: week after that he has to do all that all yeah, over. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> What's oh, and then what's it called? He has to do the pre game show for football, which is gonna be in the morning in Kailua. Is that so, is that Big City the Big Diner? Big City Diner in Kailua. Because so. it's a ten AM game, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I know be, he's I know he's excited for these next weeks. At least few it's weeks.
1: not that bad because at least that's when we're signing. You can only you only have to drive up because next True. week I'm pretty sure a lot of us are gonna have to make the trip from Lai up to IEA and then back to the lower campus. I wonder who
0: makes the who's the one guy you think is not gonna make that decision. Or who will make the decision to be like
1: <laughs> to tell what just like <laughs>
0: to be like hey can you do this for me
1: <laughs> that is going to be me actually <laughs> <laughs> like not even joking <laughs> like no, that that'll be how it turns out
0: <laughs> all right well that i think that's a good time to wrap it up there's a lot like we said a lot going on the the uh, rainbow classic we got football going on on saturday we got YNA volleyball if you miss any of these hopefully it's because you're studying but if you need a break from studying, you have plenty of opportunities to uh, get on down to the lower campus and, you know, watch some really fun stuff, really fun sports. Yeah. And also, you know, watch football on Saturday.
1: Fill that student section up. We can't have last
0: week. No, me. we can't have the Wyoming game. <laughs> again. So make sure we fill up the seats. Make sure, you know, we show these, we show, you know, all the athletes that we are proud of them. We support them. And make it loud. That's all we ask.
1: Yeah, and f- before we forget, um, you have a score prediction for Saturday's game.
0: Uh score prediction for Saturday's game. We are ten and a half point underdogs. I last saw. I think
1: it's moved to eleven and a half now. I saw
0: eleven and a half before. Is then it ten and, and a half now? A half. Oh man! So maybe that's some good news for Hawaii football. You know, I do. Th- I like the return of Jonah. I think it's gonna be a twenty. I'm gonna say Hawaii wins. Really, I'm gonna say twenty six to twenty four.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm gonna go with I'll go with Utah State then. I think, I think, I don't know how this team rebound will rebound from Fresno State, but I don't know. I don't, I'm gonna assume it's not a full rebound, so I'm gonna say Utah State. Let's go like. 42 to 17 or something. Damn. Yeah. we gotta play. got to play the lot of averages. <laughs> Utah State has beaten Hawaii by like 26 and a half points over the last five years. I think this will years. be the
0: first time we beat Utah State in 10 years. Do you think mostly so? Mostly because I think it'll be very comedic that this is the team that does it. <laughs> that would be like the most chaotic
1: thing, so you're right. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I'd love to be wrong here.
0: Yeah. I'd love to be right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with that, that's a great way to kapoot the show, so... From Tanner Hayworth, from Reese Nagaoka, from the Kaleo Sports Desk, this is the Green and Black Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great rest of your day.